we have uh, incredible incredible privilege this morning of wrapping up our series. Uh, if you've been traveling with us the last uh, few weeks, uh, we've been talking about the image of God. Uh, we've talked about what, what does the image of God, um, what does that even mean? <laughs> uh, we've, we've talked about how that we are all image bearers. Every human being who has ever been made, <laughs> who has ever existed, bears the image of God, whether we actually realize it or not. Uh, but also, we can't just do that alone. On our own, we're like a little puzzle piece, which has a partial picture on it, uh, which might look interesting in and of itself, um, but it's actually not the full picture. Uh, the full picture only comes together when you place all the puzzle pieces together, and uh, then you see the picture. Uh, so that's, that's kind of like what community is uh, to the image of God. Uh, lots of image bearers uh, coming together to form the bigger picture of who God is and representing God to the rest of His creation on earth. Uh, and we talked about what, what has that looked like throughout Scripture. Uh, we talked about last week, what does it look like to include other image bearers in our community so that we are enriched, that we are, have a deeper sense of God's image uh, and this morning we're, we're continuing in that theme, but we're also wrapping up the series. And uh, we have a special guest with us this morning, and I'd like to invite him now, Steve Brown from the City Mission. If I'd like to welcome him. Steve has, uh, and his family have been great friends of Door of Hope for many, many years. Um, and uh, it's so great that you could be back with us this morning, Steve. Thank you so much. Thank um, you. It's all very familiar. Yeah. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, so we are, as I said, continuing in this kind of idea that everyone is an image bearer and that we can include other in image bearers in order to make our community a richer expression of God's image. So, uh, first of all, before we kind of really get into it, Steve, we need to, not everyone would know you, and not everyone would know who you are, and a bit of background, so maybe we can start there. Um, I did send some of these questions through uh, during the week, so he's a bit prepared, a which is good. Yeah. Um, but maybe, yeah, for a bit of background, um, who are you, where did you grow up, what does your family situation kind of look like? Um, yeah, start there. Okay. So I was born in Launceston and grew up in Kings Meadows, great suburb, with my parents and siblings. Uh, I had four of those, Dale, my brother, he passed away at 37, um, due to a medical mishap. Uh, Shelton, he's a local insurance agent. Anita is currently the acting state manager for South Asian Army Community Services, so a big role. And uh, Roderick, of course, leads the South Asian Army in Launceston, so he's the senior minister there. I met Barb at the Salvos. Um, we started going out when I was 15, we were later married, and we're still together after 43 years. Good effort. Hey, Barb, welcome. <laughs> yeah, and Barb's here, of course. Our three children, Melinda, she's a principal care provider for three grandchildren in uh, Western Australia because we spent 12 years over there, now working as a chaplain in aged care and just started an aged care chaplaincy blog and is, um, yeah, beginning to study postgraduate studies in chaplaincy, so... Direct, uh, direction there. Emily, our second daughter, some of you remember her, she tragically passed away in March 2012. We actually had the funeral here. So that was, um, yeah, that was a big time for us. And Declan is uh, married to Patria and they're over there too. And so um, 
And so uh, they operate Oyster Bay Tours down there at Coles Bay, as uh, many of you know, award-winning tourism experience at Frosinay. And uh, that, um, that place remains a second home for our family, so we have some property there. And uh, my, uh, my parents started that love affair, and it continues to this day. Yeah, and who wouldn't love the east coast of Tasmania, right? Amazing, amazing. It is. If you're joining us online, come down sometime and visit. <laughs> Uh, you've been uh, on the leadership at Launceston City Mission uh, for how long now and uh, what did you do before that? Uh, just about to complete 10 years and prior to that I was uh, uh, a chartered accountant, um, spent years doing that, then uh, chief financial officer in private hospitals. Uh, that took me to Western Australia and um, also then after that time returned here uh, and CFO role, CEO roles before I took up this role in March 2012 and I've uh, been a company director for uh, about 25 years so that started uh, back when I was around about 40 and um, yeah still on a couple of boards and um, getting to the end of that time too so yeah yep. that's good. Awesome and uh, you so you had a shift of careers at one point uh, about 10 years ago <laughs> from yes. chartered accounting to city mission uh, yeah. What was it about that role uh, that you felt God was leading you to make that change in your life? Well, I grew up in the Salvation Army, so I was always around people that needed help. And I spent a lot of my time professionally and, you know, chasing this and that. And um, I think I just got to the point in my life where this job... Barb and I felt called to ministry many years before. We didn't get there. We went to Western Australia. We didn't regret that. We were elders in churches over there during a very sort of exciting time. It was a big church. We had lots of experience. Spent some time. Planet Shakers Church, that was interesting. And, and so all of those experiences, then coming back here, this role came up. It was like it was me following God's calling, yeah, for what I should do. Yeah, yeah. yeah awesome. So uh, to the Launceston City Mission now, um, for those who might know much of the details, uh, according to the website anyway, the City Mission has been around for nearly 170 years or so. Mm. That's about 30 years longer than we have. Yeah, <laughs> so we've been around for a while as well, but yes. you've, uh, a little bit more. And tell us about the City Mission at the moment uh, and uh, what kinds of services are offered um, and what kind of people do you help and, and how many people are kind of impacted by the city mission? So I will refer to some notes there because it's, it's got, there's a great breadth there now. So four divisions, client services, social enterprise, corporate services and assets and projects. So we run 54 alcohol and drug residential beds. Uh, that's the largest provider in the state. Um, we're also a specialist homelessness provider. We've got 50 beds in that, so we run safe space here in Launceston and also 20 beds out in Newnham. Uh, emergency relief is still a huge area for us, so food assistance, advice, coaching, advocacy. Mission Health, a nurse-led uh, medical clinic for safe space and emergency relief clients. Mission to a Future is a specialist employment service for those with barriers and long-term um, needs before they come into employment. Uh, we run the MISH for re-engaging 12 to 25s uh, with people and then with activities. And Inside Out for Kids is the emotional literacy training for children in primary schools and those who work in the schools. 
We have a major project, community development, in the northern suburbs where we've got one of our most trusted operatives up there working with all the various organisations up there to try and bring alignment between what the people want and what all the organisations there are doing, so that's very exciting. And then um, in social enterprise, we run all those retail shops, 11 of those, and now we've got six partnerships with local government where we're actually doing all the recycling um, and also they're running their resale shops. So that's got um, a couple of benefits for it because that business turns over about $6 million a year. So um, that's to part fund what we do. Um, and then capital projects where we've taken a looked at various um, building assets and trying to recreate those for the benefit of community services in the organisation. So. It gets quite busy, and, that, and, and in 2022, we had over 10,000 interactions with people, some long-term, some short-term, and then this year, we've um, been a lot busier, so we'll go past 13,000 once we've got the figures out. Yeah, wow. Um, the City Mission still remains a very Christ-centred organisation, which is amazing, at, especially at a governance level. Um, many other organisations that kind of they're in the same space and offer similar um, services, have over time perhaps drifted a little bit away from the strong Christian uh, values and, and um, messages. Um, what has helped keep Christ the centre um, for so long for the Launceston City Mission? I think largely keeping people in leadership of the organisation who have Christ in the centre. It's hard to be a Christian and hold the values if you're not one. Yeah. Um, sometimes even hard for those who are Christian. So it really comes from the board. Yeah. And so they're committed evangelical, Protestant Christians uh, with uh, various experiences commercially, uh, environmental management, academic, ministry, um, local government now, as of last week. And so many organisations, I think, can drift because they've lost Christ at the centre. So the board has been very strong on that. So our uh, vision is transforming lives, communities and futures in the name of Jesus. We've never dropped that. I don't see any appetite <laughs> to ever drop it. So, um, so that means we just stand with that. Surprisingly, very little criticism for doing that. As long as you're doing <laughs> the work at the ministry. And so that's what we do. I think that's uh, how, how, we, how we've preserved it. Yeah, that's so good. And I should say, then they, they appoint a CEO with Christ at the centre. I appoint senior leaders. All of our senior leaders are Christians. Uh, incredible skills. God has been very good, but all Christian. And then the leadership team, about 85%, and then many others throughout the organisation. That's... That's how we cling to the culture. And we're grateful for that, aren't we? Absolutely. So this morning, uh, we invited you to come and share um, about this whole image of God and in community thing, and, and particularly uh, from a standpoint of how do we recognise the image of God in perhaps the outcast or the marginalised uh, members of our community or on the fringe. Um, 
And so the first kind of question is, is how to do that. Sometimes uh, people who sit on the fringes of our community may not fit the similarity bias uh, that we talked about last week where uh, we are perhaps naturally more likely to uh, click and gel in community with people that are just like us um, and not necess- it maybe takes a bit more energy, a bit more effort, uh, a bit more um, uh, deliberate decision-making in order to reach out beyond who we're comfortable with. Um, and so, therefore, if we're not deliberate about making connections with people that are not similar to us um, in all sorts of different ways, um, this, this can be forgotten about. Um, and these people might even be forgotten about. So how can we be more aware of the image of God in people in this kind of circumstances? Yeah, cultural em- emphasis, I think, is really important. We have a strategic intent statement that says, as a Christian organisation, we will remain inspired and motivated by the life teaching and example of Jesus. This informs our inclusive ethos and drives our passionate belief that each human being is equally important, has intrinsic God-given worth and is uniquely valuable. So as a CEO and a senior leadership team, we meet six monthly for our all areas meetings and one of my trusted managers once told me, Steve, you're the chief encouragement officer. And so I never over-communicate all the time that message of that intent, that everyone's uniquely valuable and people are people. And exactly as you say, we don't relate naturally to everyone from every walk of life. But when we spend time with them, we can learn those skills. And so we've... um, And the other message we'll always emphasise is avoidance of judgement, avoidance of stigma... And we do that by spending time with people from the CEO down. Uh, my offices sit on the top of safe space. You know, if it's, it, you know, things get a bit willing, I'll be down there as well. And um, we accept them. Again, don't judge them. Spend time with them. Be friendly. Spend time. Um, and so in my encouragement, to, you've really got to spend time with people outside your social group to appreciate them with people and so if you have the opportunity to volunteer with an outreach organisation doing something in the city, you could go along and just hang and then start to get to know some of these people. Or we, you know, for example, things like a choir, we have a choir where a lot of these people come together and sing. If you like singing, you could hang out with them and just sing. But it does take time to appreciate that all people are the same. Yeah. Yeah. So once we're aware of the image of God in these people, uh, in these situations, what sort of response should that awareness elicit in a Christ follower? What should we do with that awareness? Um, With that awareness, I think it's about the way we conduct and behave uh, with people. There's lots of little things about dealing with people from all walks of life. Look them in the eye, smile, say hello. Um, They appreciate that that value. Um, Spending time with them in association in their places, 
not judging them. I've had some classic comments spoken to me, and I'm not using this to try and denigrate those people. One comment was, you'd appreciate this, but Stephen, isn't it their fault? No, it's not. You just got to get to know them. And one other gentleman um, who was lodging an objection when we're trying to recite a service somewhere said, it's like this, Stephen, I just don't want them anywhere near me. So those sort of embedded um, belief systems in our, or fear in, in our community, we, we have to consciously, and I think you said, um, make a point of not thinking like that. That is, an, that is an easy way in the world to be. But it's just contrary. You've got to spend a lot of time in, in Matthew 25 about the story about the you know, the sheep and the goats. Don't be a goat. And if you don't understand that what I'm saying there, read that again. You could read that passage once a month and, and, start, and pray to... God the Holy Spirit, that he would give you opportunity to change your thinking and opportunity to spend time with people that are outside your normal social connection and input into their lives. Now, for some reason, when I was preparing these notes, um, God just wanted me to say also, and be generous. These people could be sitting right next to you now. You know, it's not, you don't have to go to the northern suburbs. People will be in your street who are in need, who are different to you, and they need your help. And sometimes they might need your money. Yeah, so don't keep everything to yourself. Be generous. Uh, I just think that's what God's instruction is to us right throughout the scriptures. And as people see the, you helping, um, they start to accept you, you know, vice versa. Yeah, yeah that's brilliant. Um, as far as our community at the moment, what, what is the city mission kind of um, observing as kind of the biggest needs uh, right now in, in our local, in the Launceston kind of area? Yeah, so everything you've been reading about, um, financial lack due to high inflation and those periods. So um, our emergency relief has never been busier. So we, if we have 300 interviews with people during a month, there'll be about 280 we don't have an interview with. They were just, you know, they'll be on the books, but they've got to wait till next month. Um, so all, all those issues about increasing rent, uh, people on the edge of, they've lost their housing or losing their housing. So um, more people in that category than I've ever seen before uh, in my 12 years. So this is the hardest time economically um, in a state that is actually prospering. Um, so that, you know, that, that count, counter cyclical thing is uh, really a work. So that, that's really the greatest need right at the moment. We still have you know, uh, people with social anxiety and um, difficulty managing their use of alcohol and other drugs, and that's always relevant. But yeah, this has been the big, um, the big increase at this time. Just people with lack of means um, to even put food on the table. So 
lot more work being done by all the, uh, all the charitable organisations in the area. Yep. Now, the Bible is extremely clear that God has a particular concern for the poor, the widow, the orphan, the prisoner, and people facing uh, various injustices of different kinds. Matthew Jesus, 25. exactly. Jesus was extremely clear with his personal concern as well for these people. So how can Christ followers reflect the image of God better to people who are facing these kinds of challenges that you're speaking about? Well, I think a lot of what I've said already. Um, don't ever forget the story of the woman at the well. Um, Jesus was there. He shouldn't have spoken to a woman. He was a rabbi. He shouldn't have spoken to a Samaritan. He shouldn't have spoken to someone that was involved in um, inappropriate relationships. Broke all those rules. What did he do? He spent time with her. He did say, go and sin no more, but he accepted her and gave her a purpose for her life. So that's what we need to do for, for those people. It's just <laughs> be Jesus to others and live out the gospel. And, yeah, I do want to emphasise, I just believe that God, God the Holy Spirit is within us and he will speak to each one of us. So if we earnestly pray that prayer, Lord, just reveal to me what I'm to do and who, who I'm to go to, he will bring something into your mind. He does that. He's within us and he speaks to us and he'll give you something to do. Now, the next thing to do is to do it. Yeah, yeah the next thing to do is to do it. Just a story. We, we have a program in our church where we help, help people in our church who are in need. And I was um, driving to the east coast of all places on Lake Lake Road and I said, sometimes I'm the last to respond when we're trying to make a decision about who to give to in the church and, he, and the Lord spoke to me and he said I want you to give personally it was very clear I want you to respond then he gave him the name and the amount so I did it that is what God, that, that is what God's seeking to do through each of our lives with these people and he, he'll do it, he's gracious, he's got grace and mercy for each one of us. It'll be okay, just got to start. So good. Um, just in wrapping up, um, how important is social connection? With, we know that um, uh, physical resources are incredibly important and desperate at the moment, uh, food and um, money and uh, rental assistance and all those kinds of things. Uh, how important is the social connection with other humans <laughs> for these people? Very, very important. And hopefully that's been coming through about that personal touch, about looking people in the eye and uh, speaking to them with respect uh, as you would to any other person, greeting them, see, seeing if they want any help. But as I was just responding to that question, I thought, there's so much we can do in the community, isn't it? it, it and... Um, in, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you, I was thinking about groups like Men's Table. It's a group that operates groups for men in the city where they get together and just share. You know, we, we could have representatives in those. Um, starting social groups, book clubs, anything where there's people that you can get involved with. You might get involved with the charities or your own church. 
in its work. But, you know, be there and be present. Volunteer and, and go and do something and spend time. Find the avenues where you can connect with other people and don't be shy about starting those yourselves. If there's a group that you can uh, bring together, to find social connection with people from all walks of life and then invite, invite, you know, perhaps there's two or three of you can get together and create a social group and invite others um, outside of even your group to build relationship so that they have got friends. Weren't we just judged the loneliest state in Australia? One in three Tasmanians feel lonely. So you could, you could just start right there. Well, thank you. It's obvious to hear your and feel your heart uh, for uh, God's work in this area, and um, it's such an encouragement and a challenge uh, to me and hopefully all of us to um, to uh, review <laughs> what we're doing in our lives. What, how are we reflecting God's image um, to others, and including others in that reflection as well? Um, thank you for Thanks, what man. you do as well as uh, who you are and what you do in our community. And uh, it's so important. And it is amazing to have a man such as yourself um, in leadership in that space. And uh, we're proud of you and we thank you. Uh, Aren't we, church? Yeah. Yeah. And and thank you for coming this morning and, and sharing your heart as well. It's been really awesome. And I want to just thank you know members of this church that are on the board of our organisation, and we really appreciate their efforts. And yeah, so you're definitely a very big part of this. Thank you. You, you have segued perfectly for me uh, because uh, we're going to pray in just a moment. Uh, but just as by way of kind of immediate uh, next step options for you, if this is if you want, uh, I, I just feel so passionate about this right now. I just got to do something now. Um, we are um, every Father's Day and Mother's Day, uh, we do uh, pack the pantry campaign. Um, just like Steve said, um, we have also been um, asked more than ever for emergency food help, um, and we're not trying to compete with City Mission or, or anything like that. We're yeah, just trying to do, do our part. Of people, plenty of people. Yeah. And so uh, each Mother's Day and Father's Day, we, we restock our pantry uh, with non-perishable items, and, and we encourage you to do that. Um, there's, a, there's some tubs or some bags that you can collect out in the foyer. If you don't want to do it on your own, maybe you can do it as a family or as a connect group or a group of friends, and then um, return it um, on next week or some point during the week. And... Um, yeah, people will be absolutely blessed through that. Uh, there's another opportunity. Um, we support each and every year a um, Operation Christmas Child. Oh, I always get that flipped around, but I think that's right, Operation Christmas Child, uh, with the shoeboxes. Uh, and they're actually available right uh, after the service as well to collect, if that's something you'd like to do to contribute. Um, uh, they, they are an amazing Christian organisation, Samaritan's Purse as well, and, and uh, we encourage you to do that. Take a shoebox home, bring it back in October with some goodies for some um, kids who need it. Um, and Christmas hampers. Uh, each uh, December, uh, we uh, give away Christmas hampers um, to families in our community uh, who need it. This year, we're actually upping the ante uh, to 200. Um, 
did you know last year we gave away 120 and we had at least 50 on a waiting list that couldn't get one. So we thought, well, we're just going to blow it. <laughs> we're going to do 200. I'm not sure how to pay for it, but we're going to do 200. And, and so Joe and her team um, are incredible, and they've actually been working on this all year so far. Pretty much once the last one's done, they start, and <laughs> start with the new one. Uh, so if you'd like to be involved in, in Hampers, Christmas Hampers in uh, December, um, Joe will be out in a foyer and she'd love to hear from you as well, whether that's contributing or whether that's uh, volunteering or um, helping out. There's lots of opportunities to give. And prayer, and prayer as well, of course. Uh, so we're going to pray. And uh, as Steve said, we have people in our congregation who are not only involved in uh, the Sydney Mission, uh, but also in other um, social organisations uh, in our community. And uh, we would really love to pray for you, especially. So uh, I'd like to invite you, if, if you feel comfortable, to stand. If you work for an organisation such as the City Mission or, or another organisation that offer those kinds of services, perhaps stand where you are. Um, volunteer or staff, paid staff on a board or um, at any capacity at all. Uh, because we're going to pray for you. Uh, because it's such an important thing that you do in our community. And you're uh, representing... Um, the rest of us as well on the kind of the front lines when it comes to this. Uh, and we could also learn a lot from what you're doing. Um, so I've actually asked some of our online community to pray for you. Uh, and they've actually written a prayer to pray over you. Is that nice? Yeah. So they're, they're watching this morning from Queensland and uh, we welcome them, of course. But they've actually written a prayer to pray over you people today. And uh, Joy is going to read that out for us uh, while I run back to the keyboard. So <laughs> why don't we bow our heads and, uh, and pray. Maybe if you feel comfortable, maybe stick out a hand to these people that are around you and, and we're going to pray. We pray in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit for all care volunteers and organisations seeking to bring Jesus and his compassion to the community today. We ask for the gift of mercy, insight and understanding and to be sensitive to the pain and trauma of those we are called to serve. Invade our thoughts, Lord, with fresh revelation of your kingdom purposes and to excel in protecting the vulnerable. May any cloud of complacency be dispersed by a climate of prayer, praise and peace. Father God, create in each of us an acute awareness of the cry of those hurting in our society. Lord, strengthen our resolve to continue to share your awesome love as a door of hope in our fragile and uncertain world. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.